What's up? This is Johnny Tacos, and you are here for another issue of Taco Talk. Tuesday Taco Testimonials live, live, live. And I have two guests tonight. One is Brian Sexton and Tiana White. They're both podcasters, both inspirational guests. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and please bear with me because it was live. So it is raw and uncut. What is up? This is Johnny Tacos here, and we are here with another Taco Tuesday testimony. Uh, before we get to the show with uh, talking to Brian Sexton, uh, a podcaster himself, we'll go through his testimony through his walk with God and uh, his what, what God had helped him uh, along his way you know, and all that good stuff that uh, testimonies tend to do. Uh, we are waiting for him. He should be here any moment now. Just want to say thank you to all the new listeners that happen to stumble upon here. And if you stumbled upon here by accident because you thought this might be a recipe podcast, then you're sadly mistaken. This right here is the only food you'll get is the food from Jesus Christ through the word of his his loyal children through their testimonies. And today I have a gentleman, uh, Mr. Brian Sexton, going to be on the show today. So as soon as he gets ready, uh, we'll get it going. But you know what? Let's get some music going. All right. Uh, we got Brian on, on the line. Hey, Brian, can you hear me? You know what, man? You wouldn't want to be on the Johnny Tacos podcast. My, yeah. 20, my soon-to-be 22-year-old son... This is probably the only podcast he's going to listen to because he has quite the affinity for Taco Bell. So this is likely the only podcast he will listen to his father be on. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm blessed to be by the best. You know, I'm just sitting here talking to the loyal uh, Podbean people, which uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Podbean for hosting this live event here. And if you want to be a podcaster like me and brian or you know uh, attempt to be a podcaster like me um then uh try podbean podbean is really affordable and they're able to reach out to many different uh streaming devices so uh you never know you could be the next joe rogan you know if you well, put I, your mind i use it. hey johnny i've used podbean uh for a couple of years and when i was getting going podcasting back in in March of 2020, uh, Pod Podbean kept coming up for me when I reached out to podcasters. I knew they would they would refer back to Podbean, and and many of them 
use Podbean themselves. So uh, shout out to Podbean and the great work those folks are doing. I've I've dropped 252 episodes with Podbean. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're great folks. You know, you know, you got 140 more than I do, but I'm still working on it. It's still going. It depends on how much I can talk during the week. <laughs> well, one time I was, I was kind of like a, a basketball player. I was like a volume shooter. So I, I was dropping three, four episodes a week because, you know, during the pandemic, you, you record a lot and then you've got all this, you've got all this inventory, so to speak, that you've got to put in the pipeline. And, um, now I'm not in that same boat, but, uh, but again, Podbean's been there with me uh, through from episode one. Well, episode actually episode zero because you have to upload your first episode to to the all the hosting sites. That's a little inside the inside baseball of podcasting. You have to to upload an episode um, zero, so to speak, to to all the sites to get them to pick you up. And but yeah, Podbean's been there for me every step of the way. So man, good on you to uh, to give those folks a shout out. You know, uh, my pastor is the one that got me into Podbean. He goes, you know what? You have the you can have the the voice of a radio host, which uh, you have done radio yourself. So I have. I just I, I what I want to do is I want to practice my radio voice. WNBC down in downtown Waxahachie here, listening to the Commodores. I don't yeah. know. I, I guess you, I, no. You hit on a really good point there. You, you, here and and this is something. Um, this is something. I, I you and I are part of the Christian Podcasters Association, and and I, I said something to the group, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, kind of bounced that off of Eric Nevins, a, a friend of ours, and you know, a lot of people will say, "What kind of mic should I use, or what kind of this should I use, or what kind of that should I use." And I tell people all the time, if you don't work on your voice, it doesn't matter what kind of microphone you use. You can have the best microphone on the planet, but if you're not working on your voice, it's not going to sound very good. And so, you know, 20 years ago when I started doing live radio as a fill-in guest host for, for a really good friend of mine, my voice didn't sound like this, but through doing radio, through doing podcasting, spending seven seasons as a high school basketball public address announcer, you kind of find your sound and you find your voice. And I'm constantly, Johnny, working on my voice. I'm working on diction. I'm working on projection. I'm working on how it sounds. And so, you know, you, you can get to that point. You just have to work at it like anything else. Yeah, definitely. And it does take a lot of time because my first podcast from then into my podcast now and, and I've also learned how to use compressors on editing and, you know, yeah. um, you know, all the other bells and whistles that all these little high end uh, editing tools get um, to try to perfect my voice because, you know, you got to work on your voice projection, but you also have to make sure that you understand the tools that you use. Oh, hundred percent. And, and again, it's trial and error. Like, like I'm talking to you right now, I'm in a hotel, I'm in a hotel room in Buffalo, New York, but I've got a little $30 microphone that I use to travel with. And, you know, when I'm back home in my home studio, I've obviously I've got a better mic, but I don't want to travel with that. This is, this mic's easy to travel with, but, but when I get, 
to the editing part of it, I've got my own EQ set. I've got the compressor like you talked about. And it for me, I've got it down to kind of like a sweet science that works for me. And, and you can get a really good product if, again, you've got your, you've got, get your voice down first. And then once you have the sound that you want and you can consistently project that, then the other things will come as well, too. So, and, and, and I have the experience of being a little bit older. I turned 50 in August. And for guys, our depth comes with age. So we get a lot bassier the older we get. And so that helps out too. So if you're just starting out, don't, don't beat yourself up. Just work on getting better and work on your voice, work on how you want your voice to sound. Awesome. Yeah. And you only got five years on me. So, you know, I, it's better late than, um, you know, it's better late than never to, to get on, to hear your voice, get your voice projected, especially if you're a Christian and you're here to, you know, show what God has done in your life and, yeah. and, and the yeah. true word. And the only way people now do it is in electrical. I, I can't go out in the middle of the street and evangelize like my friends can do. I, I actually went yeah. downtown the other day. I had to get some medicine for my dog because she was unfortunately attacked and uh, no, had man. to get some pain medicine for her. And I saw these, these, these guys sit, sitting on the uh, corner and they were like, preaching out the gospel and they're evangelizing and all that. And I, th I thought to myself, you know what? I feel more protected being over uh, behind a microphone. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Johnny, my, my first experience with a microphone uh, was started for me when I was three years old. My dad got me up in church to sing and put a microphone in my little hand at three years old. So, you know, I, I guess going on 46, 47 years, I've been speaking or singing in front of people at, at some point. So you're, you're exactly right. And, and the beautiful thing about podcasting is, is everybody has their own thing that they bring to, to whatever it is they're doing. You know, for me, I, I got, I wanted to podcast because, you know, people would say, well, you should do a podcast. You know, you've done radio and things like that. And I thought, what can I do a podcast about? Yeah, I can talk about sports or current events or, or something like that. But, man, I looked around and I saw a real dearth of intentional encouragement. And just I saw a lot more expertise than I did encouragement. And I said, man, I can change that. I can do something about that. And that's how the Intentional Encourager podcast was born. And I just decided, hey, I'm going to tell stories of people who, who haven't told their stories or never had a place to tell their stories of things that they overcame. Whether they're Christian or not, a story can inspire and encourage like few things can. And so that's what I decided I wanted to do with, with that podcast. Yeah, and I have three different shows. This one here is my Taco Tuesday testimonials, which is it's – it's, it's just for the, the man or the woman to have a testimony to give that, that wants yeah. to, to speak out and say, Hey, I lived this life. I died during baptism. I arose back up. I am, I am feeling a lot better about myself. I am so happy. I'm, the light has filled me up that void, that emptiness that I used to fill with uh, yeah. paraphernalia or, or, 
you know, drugs, alcohol, uh, porn addictions and stuff like that has disappeared. And now I became a new child of God. And I'm just here to just to speak and, and let people know that miracles do happen. You don't have Absolutely. to, you don't have to, uh, raise people from the dead. That, that right there is a huge miracle that Jesus did with Lazarus, but yeah. you, you see the small miracles everywhere. Like, like, um, we'll, we'll just say, uh, there was a friend of mine at my church. His wife was on life support cause she had that, you know, the COVID and mm-hmm. she was in a respirator and, you know, nine times out of 10, uh, respirators, it's pretty much a ticket to heaven. You know, there's yep. no coming back after a respirator. But she had fully recovered a month after after being stuck in a respirator for almost Man, three that's months. That's awesome. So yeah, that's awesome. that right there is a miracle. But there, there's even smaller miracles. Like a, a, a man that was drinking for 30 years looks at a bottle and gets disgusted by it and never drinks again. That's a miracle yeah. in itself. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, Johnny, it's it's funny because you mentioned drugs and alcohol and things like that. I live twenty minutes from a town called Huntington, West Virginia, that at one time was considered the opioid capital of the United States, the heroin capital of the United States. Heroin took over. Johnny, six years ago, in one night in in the town that that I went to college in, the same town, Huntington, West Virginia. In that night, there were 26 people that overdosed, and 25 of them had to be Narcaned back to life. They couldn't. They couldn't save the other one, and it made national news because it overtaxed the the county EMS system and fire. It, they just couldn't handle it. And so, you know, people think, okay, well, you know, if I don't have a testimony because God didn't deliver me from drugs or God didn't deliver me from pornography or things like that. But the Bible says this, the Bible says he who in the son is set free is free indeed. You don't have to be set free from something to be free indeed. All Jesus has to do is come in and set you free from sin, set you free from a life that, that, because here's the thing, the Bible also says this, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every person on the planet, I grew up in church, I still needed to be set free. Because without the Lord, I would be on my way to hell. I, it doesn't matter if you sit in a church all your life. I've seen many people sit in church all their life and, and never make heaven because they never took the opportunity to come to the, to the Lord and have, them, have him set them free. And so, man, I love this, this Taco Tuesday testimony. And, and, and certainly the Lord has done some great things in my life. I, I wish I'd had a taco, though, man. I missed it. I should have been eating a taco while we were talking at, at this point. You know, uh, Taco Tuesday at Taco Bueno, every taco is 50 cents. So I just want to do a nameless plug just in case anybody's hungry for Taco Bueno. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm hungry for Taco Bueno now. Anyways. Uh, hey, man, that's uh, – hey, listen, I, I not, not nothing against Taco Bueno, but my son and I were having a discussion the other day. We feel like the toasted chalupa from Taco Bell, the toasted cheddar chalupa from Taco Bell, we feel like that was sent from the Lord. That thing is, that thing rocks. You know, I have to also concur because I I was kind of reluctant about it for a second. And then I, then I was like, well, it's like 
baked on there, but it's it's like grilled cheese as oh, a chalupa. It's, you know, with the, oh, it's, with it's the it's, a, it's a grilled cheese taco. And then when you bite into it, yeah, it's heavenly. It's 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 really really. Uh, and chalupas have always been my favorite at Taco Bell. Are you a, are you a guac guy, Johnny? Do you, do you like guacamole? Well, I like guacamole just like the next guy, but it has to be actual guacamole, not the baby food. Thank paste. you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, I love guacamole. People don't understand. They're like, guacamole is one of my favorite foods. Like, if I go to a Mexican restaurant and I see some form of homemade, and, and before COVID, you could go to some Mexican restaurants and they would make it at the table for you. I love that. Like, anytime that you have table side guacamole, I'm automatically in. I don't, I, at that point, you had me at hello. Like like Jerry Maguire said, you know, but <laughs> you had me at you have me at hello if you have table side guacamole, because there is nothing better on the planet than some than some chips and and good fresh guacamole. Like you you take the the ripened avocados and you core them out. You take the lemon juice and the lime juice and the salt and pepper and. The onion and tomato. I don't do a lot of cilantro because it makes it a little too hot for me. But you you can throw the cilantro in there, and uh, dude, I'm telling you, it. Uh, I I I want the Lord to have fresh guacamole in heaven. I would love for there to for the angels that are preparing the the marriage supper of the Lamb. Lord, please have a table side guacamole stand up there. You know he will. You know he everything yeah. that our hearts desire and that that we love he'll have it right next to the the free taco bar and uh, it's got to be i i'll take street tacos i'll take crunchy tacos I, I, you know i'll take any kind of tacos you know but uh but back to the guacamole real fast uh before we get yeah. to your testimony yeah. um the my wife likes it spicy it has to be really really spicy and we get it at heb i don't know if they have a heb up there no, 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 not West Virginia. That's that's a little too far west for us. So, <laughs> but uh, they they make homemade guacamole every day, and they have the hot and and in the hot guacamole, it's serrano peppers. Oh yeah, and yeah, you, and you talk about hot. Um, my wife laughs at me. She goes, "You're a man. You should be able to take the hot hot peppers." And I'm like, "No, no, you know, I'm." <sighs> and she's over there just eating them down like they're they're nothing. And I just wondered how, how can she have a cast iron stomach? And I used to have a cast iron stomach and then everything just blows up. Then <laughs> I've seen people eat Serrano and habanero peppers like they're candy. And I'm like, how do you survive? How, how in the world do you, are you just, is your stomach just not in a full on revolt at that point? You know? Yeah. I was thinking maybe it's so calloused by eating uh all that jalapenos and all the, the acid just gave up. Gotta be, man. It's gotta be, it, it's gotta be, but no, man, I love some good guacamole and, uh, and, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, Lord, send me a guacamole, send me fresh guacamole. And, and, and you know what, you, you may have just influenced my dinner choice for tonight. I may, I may search, of course I'm in the North, I'm in the Northeast tonight. So good guacamole may be hard to source up here. In, in in the the, the greater new york area it's probably going to be really expensive up there everything in new york is way too expensive yeah I, i'm i'm up near i'm up near buffalo i'll be in niagara falls tomorrow night so um 
But yeah, I, I you, you've kind of changed my dinner thought plan. I I, I was going to do. There's a PF Chang's not far from here, but now you you have influenced my dinner choices. So I'm I'm rethinking the dinner choice for tonight. So th- thank you, my friend, for doing that. Well, if there's any way I can uh, divert you from PF Chang's, you know. That's my pleasure. I'm, try- I'm trying to uh, save you from a, a world of tummy aches. Well, I, I like PF Chang's, man, but but I'm a big boy. I go about six three, about two seventy five. So I'm a big boy. So I, I it, uh, you know, I, I I'm pretty healthy. I, I like to eat pretty healthy. So oh, uh, you're tiny. I'm six six, about three fifty. My goodness, man. <laughs> I, I I'm more the blocking tight end and you're the left tackle. So that's that's a that's a good thing, my friend. That's that is a good I used to I used to weigh um I had I had weight loss surgery thirteen and a half years ago and my biggest I got to be about three fifty. Three no, three sixty. I'm sorry, about three sixty. And then my doctor looked at me one day and he said, Man, you you're gonna die of a heart attack. But but you know, Johnny, that's where the Lord has stepped in in times in my life and altered the course of my life. You know, you talk about Taco Tuesday testimony. There have been times in my life where God has has sent really hard been for the for the for his for for my good and for his glory. And uh and so yeah, that's uh that's you know, I believe everybody's got a story, so that's that's part of mine. Well, let's let's get to your story. Yeah, that's enough of uh, getting us hungry. You know, <laughs> when you get hungry, you're like man, when is this interview going to end? I'm yeah. starving. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, when I when I was born, man, um, my parents noticed that, and and they they, so I was born in August of 1972. When I was born, my parents noticed that and, and the, the hospital staff noticed that I wasn't going to sleep like most normal babies. I was staying awake all night and they couldn't figure out what was going on. And Johnny come to find out on my left lung, there was a blister on the bottom part of my left lung that almost resembled a hole. And, and of course, x-ray technology back then is not as clear as it, as it is now. And of course, you know, a lot of times you can see things in utero now with babies that you couldn't see back then. And my parents were concerned. The doctors were concerned. They thought they might have to to treat that in, in, in some surgical way, either removing part of my lung or most of my lung. They just weren't sure what was going on that was causing me to stay up at night, you know, because babies are supposed to eat poop and sleep not to not to be gross but that's what that's what newborn babies do and and I was doing two out of three I just wasn't sleeping and my dad it was a Sunday morning I was born on a Sunday so the following Sunday you know they they were like man we don't know what to do my dad my dad was 19 at the time my mom was 17 they were married my dad went to church and he just said hey Brian's not sleeping, you know, things like that. And so Johnny, my church began to pray. And my mom told me this several months ago because, because I, I was sharing my testimony uh, on another podcast. And my mom said that, that she knew my dad was at church. And that she knew what time they were going to pray. 
and the phone rang and the hospital called and said, Mrs. Sexton, when can you come get your son? And she said, well, what do you mean? She said, we did an x-ray. Apparently he went to sleep at some point. And she said, so we thought we would do another x-ray. And she said, that blister or that thing on his lung is gone. And she said, we need you, you know, as soon as you can to come and get your son and take him home. And Johnny, like I said, I'll be 50 in a couple of months. I've never had a lung problem to this day. I've never had a lung issue. My lungs have been perfect from that day forward. And so from, from my first week of life, the Lord has had his hand on me. And I, and I know that the Lord has had his hand on me fast forward 28 years later in September of 2000, my son was born five weeks prematurely. Um, the doctor came in that night and said, uh, he came in, he was, he was off duty. He came in and, and he said, listen, he said, um, I'm going to go get your son because every time my wife had a contraction, my son's heart rate dropped. And so he said, I can't let you go into the delivery room. He said, there's going to be, there may be too much blood. He said, but we're going to go get your son. And Johnny, he was on an oxygen hood for a day and a half. And a week later, we took him home and he hasn't had any issues. He's had some mild asthma in his life. He has had no issues. Amen. And again, and again, it's because, you know, we prayed over him. We, we, we trusted God and God did the work. And so from the time I was a little boy, um, the hand of the Lord was upon me and, you know, seeing my son go through that, um, and knowing God was there. But I tell you, man, the last 10 years is when I've really gone through some things. And that's where the Lord has really shown up for me. And I very quickly, I'll share this with you. December the 6th, and I write about this in my book, People Buy From People. December 6, 2012, my dad and mom were staying out of town. And uh, my dad and I worked together for the same small company. And my dad, my mom was traveling with my dad because my dad had a pacemaker put in um, in May of that year. And Johnny, my, my mom went to, w to wake my dad up and my dad did not wake up. He passed away in that hotel room. And my world was rocked, man. My, my world was absolutely turned upside down. And Johnny, I remember being in the hotel room. I was in Boone, North Carolina. And my parents were in Kent, Ohio, up near Cleveland. So we were, gosh, four or 500 miles away from each other. And Johnny, I'm in the hotel room and I get this news and, and man, I'm just, I'm crushed. I'm rocked. I am just, you know, every emotion that you can think of. And Johnny, I looked to the ceiling and I looked up and I said, Lord, we had a plan because my dad and I were going to work together. My dad was going to retire in the, in the next few years. I was going to kind of step up and, I, ha I had a plan for how the next 10 years of my life was supposed to go. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said this to me, Johnny. He said, you can praise me when things are good, but can you praise me when your world's falling apart? Mm -hmm. That's a hard thing. And I said, well, I'm going to have to, Lord. And Johnny, that was on a Thursday morning and Monday I stood in front of 500 people and delivered my dad's eulogy. 
and God helped me through that. And, and here's an amazing part of that story. My pastor and his father were there at the, the service one week earlier on, on a Thursday. So a week prior to my dad's passing, we were at a funeral service for my pastor's mother who had passed away. And I remember my pastor's father and my dad, who had been friends for 40 years, they embraced each other. And I, I still have this picture in my mind. And a week later, my dad passes. And Johnny, here's the thing, man. I call my pastor's dad. I can't get a hold of my pastor, but I got a hold of his dad. And my, he's just stunned. And he, he told me, he said, Brian, this isn't going to make any sense to you now, but I need to tell you something. And I said, okay, what's that? He said, God never makes a mistake. Mm-hmm. Here this man buried his wife of over 40 years the week before. And he's comforting me after just hearing what the news that I delivered to him. And so that Monday, Johnny, we were at the, the, the funeral and, and I, I'm getting up in front of these people and delivering my dad's eulogy. We go outside and my pastor's father steps outside and we're standing talking. I said, man, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. You know, and he looks at me and he said, Brian, if you need a dad, son, I'll be a dad to you. In that moment, Johnny, I had no idea that nine months later he would become my stepfather. He, my mom would marry. They would, they would talk through their grief and end up becoming married to one another. And so God has just done these things in the last 10 years. I've seen where God has just woven through, through hard times in my life. God has just woven the perfect tapestry and the perfect picture in my life. You know, hearing that story, it, it, it hits me because, you know, I too, when I, I lost my, my grandfather, my world, because he was the father to me. He's the one that raised me. So, yeah. Uh, so I felt what you felt, um, when your, your father passed my, my, uh, my, my grandfather passed, uh, abruptly because, uh, a little bit after my uncle died, cause that was his only son. He, he got wow. really in a deep depression and he died of a stroke hmm. right there at the apartment. Um, so we, um, uh, so I feel it and, and I know that he's up there and he's waiting. And at that time, you know, when you're younger, when you're a young person, uh, you want to blame somebody and who's the first thing yeah. you blame, you know, you blame God. You're like, why God, why did you do this to me? Why did you take him away? Yeah. Why can't you take somebody bad away? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, God is a forgiving God. He's a loving God. He loves you. And he understands that there is a time for mourning and you're going to say stuff that you usually won't, won't say on a normal basis. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and as you're saying that Johnny, I told the Lord, I said, I said, you know, I, I tried to reason with the Lord and, and it was a hundred percent because of my, my grief. And I said, you know, Lord, I don't care that, that, 
my dad's gone, but man, his, his church doesn't have a pastor. Like the Lord didn't know like, oh, hey, my bad. You know, I, I forgot that, that his church wouldn't have a pastor. Let me undo what just happened here. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm like, I look back and I think, and, and I've, ha- and I've asked God to forgive me of that. And I know he has, but you're hundred percent right, man. We say things in the midst of grief that just, you, you just, the Lord is so understanding and he's so caring. He's the, I've told people before he's the ultimate parent, but Johnny, I went through that because I believe this. I believe everything we go through in life is to help somebody else. And so I had two friends of mine who lost their dads very suddenly that I was able to minister to and help them. People in my church, there's a guy in my church. He, he found his dad passed away and about three months afterwards, he was at church, man. I could see it all over him. And I went up to him and ministered to him. And I said, I know exactly what you're going through, but I would not have had God not allowed that, that thing to happen in me with my dad. And so I'm very sensitive when it, when I see people struggling with grief like that, especially over losing a parent or a grandparent, man, I'm very sensitive to try to help them because I know the help that God sent me when I needed it. Well, plus it, it, it equips you with the tools so you can help others. So people won't go down that downward spiral. And yeah, 100%. Uh, unfortunately people that don't have brothers and sisters in Christ or a good positive influence in their life, that, that's where they usually go. They, they usually head, um, they usually head to a, a place, a dark place because they, they don't take the time to listen to what God saying and god usually talks through other people if you have you ever noticed you, you you if you're having an issue you're having a problem and you're walking you're walking downtown we'll just say we're walking down just give you a a little yeah. scenario and and a person walks by you and he and he starts talking about something and and he he starts answering that question in your brain by just hearing overhearing people talk or yep. somebody bumps into you and say, Hey, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Whatever you're going through, you know, Jesus loves you. And, and you, and you're like, is that, was that God that just sent this, this person, this soul here just to say, Hey, I love you. It's, it, you know, whatever you're going through, I feel the same issue. You know, I yeah. feel it. I feel your pain with you. Cause I comfort you on, on your trail. You know, I don't, uh, Lord doesn't just push away all the problems. When you become a Christian, you don't ha- instantly have a, a credit card saying, Hey, you know, charge this to God. Uh, you know, I'm going to yeah. be rich, charge this to God or, or this, is a, you know, you can't hurt me. You can't bother me. You can't say stuff. Cause I have the God card right here and he'll protect me. No, right. he, he walks with you. He comforts you through those darkest days, but you have to praise him. Even in, you know, you have to praise them in the good times and the bad times. It's sort of like a marriage. You know, you have to be with yeah. your wife in the good and the bad, the sickness and in health, yada, yada, yada. You know, we all, we both had those vows. And, yep. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, Johnny, you're teeing me up, man, because here's the thing. I didn't, after my dad died, I really didn't know how to encourage myself. And, 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 and I want to share this with your listeners. First Samuel chapter 30, if you read the first eight verses, that is the recipe for intentional encouragement because David was facing an unbelievable trial 
And and the first thing that he did was he encouraged himself in the Lord. And and I and and I would have handled things a lot differently knowing then if I had known then what I know now and and know how to encourage myself now in in the midst of those struggles I would have handled it much differently but you're 100% right it goes back to encouraging yourself in the Lord in good times and in bad every day when you get up just encouraging yourself in the Lord and 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 giving yourself that daily intentional encouragement makes all the difference in the world because you can't pour into people from an empty bucket. Like you just mentioned, you know, if you and I were together and and I had some water and you had none and you said, man, Brian, I'm really thirsty. If I have no water to give you, then I can't help you. But unless I have something, if I said, hey, man, I've got an extra bottle or I've got some here, let me share with you then that's the only way I'm going to be able to help you. But you can't pour into people from empty buckets. So that's why encouraging yourself every day is so important. But man, it took me a long time to figure that out. And it took me walking through trials like losing my dad to figure that out. Yeah, because I've seen this in a lot of pastors when they they pour out into empty uh, empty pots, empty cups of uh of their parishioners or, or someone that comes up that, that needs an uplifting, it can take a toll out of the person that's pouring out. And, uh, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, there, there was a author that came up on the show a couple months ago and he was going through that, uh, because there is a, a, a pastoral or a Christian leader fatigue. And cause it, it is, it is a heavy burden to, to, to listen to everybody's issues and what going through. And the only person that, that you can really share your yourself as a leader is with God. Yeah. So, so it gets to a point and unfortunately it, it, there is a rise of suicides in the Christian leader community because they are just so worked up. They're, they're down. The enemy just beats them down. So what I want to say real fast, um, to to all the pastors and all that and the reverends and any any uh worship leader out there you are loved the 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 people they need you but you also need to take a break relax and energize be with the lord enjoy your time enjoy your family um if you need to open up you can always talk to me um i'm pretty okay to listen to uh when i'm not rambling on uh, but it is a it's it's a hard thing to 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 go through and and I commend you and I respect you for for doing God's work even though it it taps you out on on a on a daily basis you know and I've seen and Christians encourage your pastor Christians encourage your pastor Christians encourage your leadership Johnny to your point so beautifully made we we spend too much time taking from people and not giving back anything in return. So intentionally encourage your pastor, intentionally encourage those leaders and let them know what you value most about them. That's going to encourage them. And that's going to give them that, that, that re-energy, re-energy, can't talk, re-energizing and refocusing and refueling that they need. All right. Well, you know, uh, we're coming up to wrap here, uh, Brian. I just want to say thank you so much uh, for being on the show. And 
and your podcast, the Intentional Encourager uh, podcast. Uh, when do you, how long do you have? Do you have those uh, daily, or do you have them uh, weekly? Yeah, we release two episodes a week on Wednesdays and Fridays. And by the way, Johnny, consider this a public invitation for you to come on the Intentional Encourager podcast. We will make that happen. So. I definitely want to have you on the Intentional Encourager podcast, but twice a week, you can find that wherever you find podcasts. We also have a YouTube channel. Just search the Intentional Encourager podcast. Brother, what a, what an opportunity and what a great joy it's been to be with you today. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. God bless you. I just want to pray you out real fast. Uh, Lord, please bless uh, Brian on his uh, journey through Buffalo to Niagara Falls. Uh, you're you're always with him. You're always showing the love. You're the one who, who fixed his lungs to make him strong for, not for him, but for his family. God, um, please bless his family as he is away from them, protect them from all the enemies of the world that, that are slowly coming around. Um, please sharpen his, his sword and polish his armor as his faith grows stronger in in your name amen so thank you again brian for being on the show um we should do this again maybe maybe throw some topics we will man any, anytime I, i'm glad to do it and, and again can't wait to get you on the intentional encourager podcast johnny i'm pretty fired up for it man i'm fired up to have you man thank you again thank you for that beautiful prayer and and again, folks, encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself every day. Keep yourself encouraged. Amen. Have a good one, brother. You too, Johnny. Appreciate you, man. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. That was Brian Sexton, um, author and podcaster of the Intentional Encouraging Encourager uh, podcast. So, uh, as you heard, I'll probably be, uh, I'll make a couple of guest appearances on that podcast. But uh, before we have my next guest on, uh, she'll be popping up here any moment now. I just want to do a shout out to Covenant Life Church. Covenant Life Church is a church in Waxahachie, Texas, a spirit-filled church where Pastor John and Pastor uh, Glenn Ledbetter um, – they they have a a unique but strictly christian values uh you can listen to the antics of john's attempts of jokes mixed in with the uh, the message of the day which is an awesome message it seems like every time a message he talks about and he he makes it to where you can actually understand it uh, through your own point of view. So, uh, and Dr. Glenn Ledbetter is very knowledgeable in the Bible and his teachings are spot on. So if you're in the Waxahachie area and you want a church, try uh, Covenant Life Church where our motto is, we are the church. Um, also, if you're not able to come to the church for some un unknown reason, uh, you can also visit them on Facebook Live under covenantlife.online. And uh, you can also see them on YouTube after the uh, the show is over. Uh, without any more hesitation, do, do I have my next guest? Is she ready? 
trying to invite her. But let's let's get some music playing. All right, so I had to put that intro right there. Hello. Hey, John. John, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and proud. Okay. How you doing, Miss White? I'm doing good. And is that Tiana? Yep. Man, you hit it right on the nose. Okay, you are definitely my brother now. Yes. Yes, I feel it. I feel it. I'm. I'm feeling it today. I am on fire today. Yes. God has woke me up early today so I can get ready for this uh, the show. So I'm like, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I know. That's right. Where, where are you from? I am from PG County, Maryland, which is right outside of D.C. Oh, right outside of District of Columbia. Yes, like literally five minutes away. So, so do you ever go over there to... Uh, have you ever seen the White House? You know, just- you know what? Okay, all you know, people f- that are from the area, it's sad, but most of us will tell you we have never been in the White House. But wow. I, not, you know, I've gone over there, but I've never been in the White House before, and I'm from that area. Well, I guess it's it's just like uh, you know places here, and and uh, well, I'm near Dallas. Okay. There, there's places like the 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 book suppository where. Uh, that that guy shot uh jf uh jfk uh-huh his name just kind of uh erased from my mind for a second okay. but I've, everybody said oh have you been over there have you seen where because uh they said it it's it's the same as when it happened right in, in the 50s or 60s and when it happened and like nothing has moved the books were still the same area the door the windows uh, half cocked where he wow put wow but i've never been there I've yeah you know because i had to drive down through to downtown for business purposes you know you drive right by the grassy knoll but um yeah i guess if you live in the area you're like well i'll get to there eventually yeah exactly exactly so now i live in georgia and like uh, when I moved to Georgia, well, I live in Augusta, Georgia, where um, James Brown is from. So it's like a heavy James Brown, you know, uh, presence here. And I'm like, when I got here, I'm like, oh, I gotta go see this. I gotta go see that. And I, I have friends that are from here, and they're like, nah, I, I know it's downtown, but I hadn't really gone to see it. And I'm like, what? But they feel the same way about me, like some places in DC that I haven't gone to. I mean, you know, I've been past, but I haven't been in. Yeah. So I guess, uh, I guess that should be on our itinerary is actually be a residential tourist. Right. Exactly. Exactly. What, uh, surprises and all that has in, in store. Right. Walls. Cause there's so much history it uh, is. outside your front door. It is so true. So true. So what is the weather over there in Georgia? Is it, is it pretty hot right now? It is 87 degrees and oh, it's that's, that's yeah, what, five o'clock. Yeah. That's cold. It's oh, it's been about one hundred and five. Are you serious? One hundred and five here in Texas. Okay, so I don't need to complain when I. Okay, yeah. Let me stop complaining. No complaining. No okay. Complaining. Okay. You're, you're near the water, aren't you? No, I'm. I'm like two hours away, but uh, 
yeah so I, i'm gonna stop complaining because i'm i don't like the heat i i love cold weather I, I don't like the heat i can't stand it you know the the one thing is i i usually joke around i said you know what i was born in the wrong state <laughs> i wanted to live like up north maybe oregon or you know washington Ooh. where where it's where the summer is usually at the low 80s yeah yeah and i i talked to a gentleman at in canada uh last week which i haven't been able to post that podcast uh he said it was below freezing wow and i'm like uh, are you uh you know are you like trying to make me jealous right exactly <laughs> But you know what trips me out? I don't like the warm weather here. But guess what? I'll go somewhere and vacation in warm weather. Isn't that crazy? Like at home, I don't. I'm like, Ugh. but you go on vacation. I'm like, okay, I'll take this. I'll take that. Well, uh, my family and I went to Florida this mm -hmm. year for vacation in March. Mm -hmm. And we were off the ocean. And I didn't mind being off the ocean because you get that nice wind. Yes. Because yes. the, the wind chills when it hits the water. Yes. So I, I'm just sitting on the, on the beach feeling that cold wind. And it's the first time in my life I've ever heard of wind burn. I actually got wind burn on really? my, my legs. I, I never heard of that. Wind burn? Did it hurt real bad? Uh, it, felt, it feels like a sunburn. Oh, wow. Okay, okay, okay. And you can also get moon burn, too, if you're like, um, I, I think up north and with the you know with the ice and all that reflects it gives some kind of moon burn yeah i'm gonna have to look into it. i never heard of that you just taught me something new yeah i'm full of uh useless information you know what see i, ain't oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it i love it <laughs> so so uh tell us a little something about you um my name is tiana i am like i said from maryland i'm a proud pg county girl um, I'm a mother of one. I have a 15-year-old daughter. She's going on 42. I I am just beginning to teach her how to drive. So somebody pray for her, sister, because my nerves are bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's my pride and joy, though, but my nerves are bad, okay? Um, I only have a little bit of stomach left, and I do want to keep that little portion that I have. So I'm trying not to, when she drives, I try not to give it away. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have a podcast. It's called Unpack Energy. It's a you know self improvement, self help uh, podcast, but it's based on the Word of God. So I, I do that, and it's more geared towards women. But I've been doing it since um, 2019. And um, wow, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I stopped. I stopped because I got sick for about um, two, yeah, like maybe 20, 22 months, uh, a little over. Uh, so I got I stopped for a little while, but I started it back up in 2021. I uh, a couple of friends kind of encouraged me, like, "Hey, get back into it, cause that's my little baby." And so, yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. I mean, there's there's more, but what did you say? I don't want to give you guys any useless information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and another thing, one little small thing. I used to do comedy. Yeah, I did comedy around DC for a while. So that's one little like like clean comedy like. Christian. No, no, no. At the time, uh, at the time, Johnny, I'm gonna keep it real. Nah, I was off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I, I I have no problem with uh, watching comedy shows and all that. Um, but 
if they get too raunchy, I, I'm like, uh, I don't feel comfortable here. Especially if I go to a uh, a black comic and he starts throwing the N words and all that. I'm like, I'm the only white guy here. I right. Yeah. I, and I can, you know what? I can understand that. I um, and you know what chased me out? I grew up, um, you know, a believer, uh, saved in the church. Um, actually, I brought my family to the church. All my family got saved because of me when I was five. But you the shepherd. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, but I, you know how as a as a uh you know when you're just being rebellious, it was really no reason why I had to do the raunchy comedy that I needed to, but I, I wanted to separate myself from the rest. But you know, as I matured, I'm like, you know, that that wasn't, you know, uh it pleasing to God. It wasn't ladylike and it was it was me trying to be something to be accepted you know, um, and, and, and to fit in with the crowd and say, Hey, yeah, I love God, but you know, I can be raunchy and funny too. You know, at the time that's what I thought I was doing. So, but, uh, you live and you learn. I don't, you know, I don't regret it. It was a lesson. I learned it. You know, I went through it and uh, thank God for grace. Well, I can tell you, it's unfortunate that a lot of, uh, women comics feel that they have to get really raunchy to be seen, yeah. you know, like your Amy Schwimmer and, uh, you know, uh, I can't, the the cobra lady what's that that little asian comedian oh i know who you're talking about i see her face can't yeah. think her name that's sad i know who you're talking about and they, know they who you're talking about. Yeah. really really raunchy uh, yeah. and they feel like they have to do that that to attract the fan base yeah but there, there's comedy and then there's just like you know potty humor and you know maybe maybe that was fun back in teenage years but yeah trying yeah. to be an adult and trying to right right and, and 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 it goes to a point where you're like if you're in a if you're in the driver's seat and jesus is drive is riding passenger with you and you turn on your radio what kind of songs you don't want to have rump shaker playing right jesus, uh, <laughs> right next to you, and you don't you don't want to have like eddie murphy raw on the right TV, playing you know playing uh, so what, um, so the comedy thing, uh, was that like, a? how long was that? Well, I, I have always been, not to toot my own horn, but I've always been funny ever, even as a kid. And, um, oops, wrong button. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I always was the class clown and I just couldn't keep my mouth shut. Like I had good grades, but my mom used to beat me all the time. Not beat me like an abuse, but she used to beat me and punish me because I got good grades. I was super smart, but I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I just love making people laugh. And so um, I, I was working for the post office. Well, I worked for the post office and I used to just have people cracking up laughing, my family, my friends. And people just was like, T, you need to start doing comedy. And I jumped out there. I joined this group called, um, and shouts out to them, the Washington Comedy Writers Group. And they teach you how to write comedy, how to present yourself. Now, they didn't teach me how to be raunchy. I'm going to keep that real. That was just me. I'm not going to put that on them. But they taught me the art of comedy. There's a difference between being funny amongst, you know, friends as opposed to uh, performing on the stage. It's a huge difference. And I think a lot of people... Um, who jump out there, they don't know that. I can make, you can make anybody laugh once in a blue moon, but to actually have the gift to be a comedian, because to me, it is a gift, um, it's different. Um, a lot of times, when I when I first did my very first show, 
I wrote, you know, my, my skit and all of this and I was going to do that. But when I hit that stage, Johnny, it was something different. It was like, um, I, and I don't, it was just like something just came over me. And I'm not talking about it in a negative sense, but um, it just came naturally for me. And so I, 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 you know, I just continued to do it. I continued to do it. And then, you know, um, I was dating this guy and he just wasn't cool with it, you know, with me being so raunchy. So I stopped doing comedy, but then I picked up doing Christian comedy. My mom invited me to some events that she had at her church and like she pulled my ear and I, I went kicking and screaming because I'm like, I don't want to do no daggone clean comedy. I, and I felt like I couldn't do it. But I'll tell you, once I started doing clean comedy, it's all, it was more rewarding. It was pleasing to God and I got more opportunities from it, you know? And so, um, yeah, I did, I did that for a couple of years. I really enjoyed it. I really did. I know that was a gift that I had, you know, to make people laugh. Well, you know, if, if you can do clean comedy without being raunchy and all that, you're a true comedian. Yeah. There are so many good, clean comedians out there that, that go to the line, but they, they stop. Right. You know, you have Gaffigan. He's Mm -hmm. a a very clean comic, Uh, but Christian comics, you have Michael Jr. Mm -hmm. Yep. He's really funny. And yeah. he's a very, very uh, Christian guy. So yeah, yep. Um, I got more opportunities from it. I mean, and um, it was not hard. It wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. I I had the same cadence. I did not need to write as much. Um, and it just naturally came off the top of my head, and that felt really good. And I knew then. Um, you know, when I started getting sand innovations, I said, you know what. It, this is just something that I had that God blessed me with. I had to just use my gift for him, you know what I mean, and not for the enemy. So, yeah. So that Do you was any of those shows on YouTube or anything? Um, I don't. I, I have a lot of shows, you know, like in my email that people sent me. Because back then, I don't want to say back then, but, you know, YouTube wasn't as hot as it is now and recording and all of that. But I do have a couple um so yeah, I, I, fortunately I don't. But um, I think I'm gonna get back into it. I have God gave me an idea for a show, a YouTube uh, show. So I think I'm gonna be able to put that back to you know work that gift back to work soon. Yeah, because you know you have to keep that that gift polished. Sometimes yeah. it gets a little rusty, mm-hmm. and then you start losing losing interest. That's what happens with me when I do projects. That, and I get really good at it, and it gets so good, I get, you know, I don't test myself enough, and then yeah. I just lose interest, and then just quit yeah. doing it. And then it I'm goes, glad you said that because I, I I have struggled with that too, so I totally understand. Um, are you the type of person like once I know that I can do something, I don't want to do it anymore? Is are you like that? Like I'm like yeah, I'm and kind of move on because I'm yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like well, you know, I did it. I did it to the best. It was yeah. awesome. But then it loses its lux, luxury. Yeah. Luxury. Yeah. Luster. That's the word. Luster. Word of the day. Luster. Exactly. Luster. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and then I just, I just turn away from it. It's, it just gets boring. It's, it's, I don't know if it's ADD or it's just <laughs> you, you complete stuff. You know, it's like doing a puzzle. Yeah. What left to do with the puzzle. Just stare right. at it. Exactly. Exactly. What else? Exactly. Put it in the frame. What do I do? Yeah. yeah. So it's on to other things. So I've done a lot of stuff where, you know, 
it was going good. It was going good. And then it's like, you know what? It lost it. I want some something with a challenge. Me too. And, Me and too. podcasting has become a, you know, has a challenge to it because yeah. I got to be on my toes. I got to promote. I got to uh, do my shows. I got to be known out there. You know, I'm not trying to do this for millions of dollars. If I want to do it for millions of dollars, I can go raunchy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Throw F-bombs and cuss and talk about stuff that leftist stuff and you can do all that stuff and you'll get millions and millions of followers. Absolutely. No, half of the millions of followers are conservative uh, left uh, rightist that that want to hate on it. Right. You know, to uh, what I don't understand is, you know, you don't want this stuff playing on there then why are you watching the stuff you're adding on to the likes and uh you're adding on to the views and people are like wow they really like what i'm doing because people are looking at it people are looking at it so true. The, it's, it's just like telling a child hey don't drink before you're um uh you know before you're 21 mm-hmm. and they see you with a, a drink in their in your hand all the time and they go well you know why shouldn't i is it is this you know what is it fun right and then you know just gonna keep doing it and doing it and doing it so yeah so so uh tell us a little bit about your testimony all right well um i'm gonna make this as sure as i possibly can because i don't think we had three days to do this but um um in 2019 i had weight loss surgery and Uh um Everything that could have gone wrong could have gone wrong went wrong, and um, I, what happened was I got a blood clot. I'm prone to blood clots, and I got a blood clot in my small intestine, and they had to take out ninety uh, percent of my small intestine. Um, I was in a hospital for a very long time. Uh, I was in a coma for a while. The doctors actually told my parents, you know. Um, they might want to, for lack of a better term, want to just close up shop and, you know, start to make arrangements um, because they weren't sure that I was going to make it through. And if I did make it through. I think we lost. You. I'm sorry. And, and can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you okay. now. So they didn't know, you know, what the quality of my life was going to be. So I got released from the hospital. Um uh, after a, a long time, maybe two, I think it was eight, maybe two months, two and a half months in the hospital, being in ICU and things of that nature. And uh, I thought, you know, when I got home, everything was going to just be fine. It was just going to be uphill battle, things of that nature. Keep in mind, they took out my intestines. My insides were still healing. I had this big scar down my stomach. I was unable to eat, things of that nature. And things went downhill, you know, they went downhill. I remember, uh, and I know I'm backtracking a little bit, I remember being in a coma um, and I could hear people. I couldn't, I could hear people, but I didn't know what they were saying. I just asked God, God, please, I didn't know I was in a coma, but I'm like, God, please make it, please, wherever I am, please let me make it through. I'm going to be a better person, you know, and and crying and pleading and all that stuff. So, um, I finally got home and things went went like downhill. I was unable to eat. Um, I couldn't, you know, sit up. I was lethargic. I couldn't walk. I needed help, uh, you know, going to the restroom. Um, I, I just stayed in the bed pretty much 24 hours a day being sick. 
and um, to the point where I couldn't walk. I was, um, you know, bedridden. I was in and out of the hospital most of 2020. Uh, I was in a wheelchair for about 14 months. I could not walk. I could not write. I couldn't take care of myself. Um, I lost my house. I lost my car. Um, I, you know, in essence, kind of lost my job, you know, um, where I couldn't work, so I wasn't working. Um, I had a 13-year-old daughter who was uh, taking care of me. My parents were riding up and down the road uh, trying to assist me. It changed their lives, you know, because they had to adjust their lives to help me. And I lost everything, you know, literally uh, from a physical sense, you know, from a mental sense. And I just, you know, I was angry. I spent 2020 um, being angry and upset with God, you know, because why did this happen to me? Why, 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 why? And I, I didn't talk to anybody. I was, you know, not the nicest person to my parents. You know, um, I was depressed. I wasn't mentally present for my daughter. And uh, it just 2020 took a lot from me at the time that I thought, uh, you know, and, and I was angry. I was angry at God. And um, I remember uh, just being resolved with being in a wheelchair, just being resolved with having to, you know, be in a um, you know, physical therapy place for the rest of um, you know, physical therapy care for the rest of my life, not being able to walk. I had just been I just was resolved with that because I thought that was the end. And um towards the end of twenty twenty, I was talking to my aunt and we're super close and she's never been abrasive with me. She tells me things in love, but not the way she said it this time. And I've heard and I've heard what I'm about to say plenty of times throughout this whole process. She said, you know, Tiana, at what point are you are you gonna stop making excuses and and and, and get yourself together? And I'm like, get myself together. I'm in a wheelchair. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can bear I can't walk. Um I can't write. And she's like, you know, you God is was trying to teach you something through this. She said, I don't she's like, he's not trying to punish you. But you need to see yourself in this situation and you need to take responsibility and be honest about what you did and be honest about where you are. And once you do that, then you'll be able to forgive yourself and move on. And if um, Johnny, it really touched me because I'm like, I didn't want to hear that because I thought it was all God's fault. Um, and so, you know, I talked to God, I cried, I prayed and I told him I was pissed. You know, I, I was like, I'm pissed and you don't love me and you don't care about me. And you, you you just don't, you hate me, you know, and I, I'm just going to go to another religion, find another God, you know what I mean? Um, and so uh, once I got over that and I told God the truth about how I felt, then he started bringing things back to my remembrance. Then he started to remind me of who I was and how I didn't handle things correctly. Um, and I'm going to be honest, the day that I had this, I knew I wasn't supposed to have the weight loss surgery. I knew that. So we got to start there. I knew that from the beginning. But Tiana wanted to do what Tiana wanted to do. And so the day of the surgery, God gave me three opportunities not to have the surgery. Um, when they took me back for a pre-op, you know, I don't know if you had surgery, but they take you back. You got your little gown on. They do your uh, vitals and things of that nature. And you just wait. And um, they took me back to the pre-op. He dropped it in my spirit. Don't do it. I looked over and told my daughter I didn't want to do it. And my daughter's like, Mom, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. It's all right. We can go home now. That was the first time. The second time was when I went to go under with the anesthesiologist. Uh, and they had some issues. 
he told me then don't do it. Then when they put me under and they had to wake me back up because there was another issue, God gave me another opportunity to get up off that table and go home, Johnny. And I didn't because I, I, I just felt like this is what I wanted to do. Having a surgery would make people like me more. I would be more attractive. I could get a different quality of guy. And my life would be perfect because I would be skinny. You know, and um, that's where I went wrong. That's where I didn't listen to what God was telling me. And as a result, this happened. This was not necessarily a punishment, but God gives us a choice. And I made the choice to do the exact opposite of what he wanted me to do. And he had to fine tune and teach some, uh, teach me some things in this process. And, um, it cost me a lot. It really did. It cost me some friendships. It cost me some relationships. I lost time with my daughter, most importantly, because I wasn't present for her mentally. I was there physically, but not present for her mentally for those two years. Um, I have a lot of, I had a lot of health issues. I'm still dealing with the health issue now. Um, that's ongoing. They don't know when it's going to stop. But with all of that said, I thank God that I went through it. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but I thank God that I went through it because it taught me um, about myself. It taught me my selfish ways. It taught me that, yes, I hate you here for me and I'm going to give you a choice. I'm not going to force you to do anything. I didn't have you to go through this just for you. We go through things to help other people so that some we can reach back and say, you know what? Hey, I did this. You got a choice, but you might not want to go this way. You know, you might want to do something different and to be a vessel um, that he uses for us to be used as a vessel to teach other people. It, we don't go through, through things just for us. It, it is, it's to share with others. And so um, in 2021, Feb, uh, February 2021, I made the decision I was going to get myself together and I started literally walking after being in a wheelchair for 14 months. I literally started walking six weeks after I told God um, I'm going to allow him to move in my life. And I started walking and I've been walking since I've been out of the wheelchair. Of course, I went from a wheelchair to a walker, to a cane, to walking on my own, you know, and things of that nature. And, you know, to being a vessel, um, to share my story with whoever wants to hear it. I'm, I tell people I'm not a person. To, my story is not based on if you should have this surgery or not. That's a personal decision, you know, for someone to make an informed decision about. Uh, I went through this to tell people whether you're fat, skinny, uh, dark, light-skinned, tall, short, you have to be okay with who you are first. And losing weight or making aesthetic adjustments um, that are not necessary don't change you. They won't make you feel better if there's something internal going on. You have to allow God to get to the root of whatever it is that's making you feel that way and allow him to love on you and heal you, you know, the way that he knows how. And then also, too, um, when God tells you to do something or not to do something, listen to him. Don't be hard-headed like me. Don't don't go through what I had to go through. And so, yeah, so that's that's my story. I went through a lot. I I I went through a lot. It was a lot of mental health um, issues that I had. Uh, I went through a lot of therapy. Um, and um, it, it's an ongoing process. I still had some, you know, residue now with things that I deal with. You know, 
I, I really don't want to go to the hospital under no circumstances because I spent so much time in the hospital. Um, sometimes, you know, um, I don't remember certain things because of the coma and the neurological damage that was done. You know, so certain things I might not remember, you know, from back in the day. And I tell people I, I don't remember and I don't apologize for that anymore. And most importantly, I love who I am um, better than I did back then. Uh, I still have, uh, um, you know, I'm smaller, but I still have insecurities. So just because I'm smaller, that doesn't mean uh, that the insecurities went away. I still have them, but I work, I allow God to work through them and, you know, allow him to heal me in that way. So, yeah, so that's, that's my story in a nutshell. Awesome. You know, that, that testimony is an inspiration for everybody to know that, you know, you we live in a world we, where we all want to improve ourselves either by mentally, physically, emotionally. We want to, we want to constantly improve ourselves and people think there's an easy way out and, it, and it's like surgery and mm -hmm. people don't, don't understand that there are repercussions to having surgery. Uh, there are things that can happen while ha having surgery, unless you're in a life threatening, um, or a, uh, you know, a health issue that needs to have surgery. Um, you know, my, my best opinion is to not, not go through it because there are other ways, there are healthier ways to do it. And it might take a lot longer. You might, cause we live in this, um, instant second 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 like because we're on the internet and everything second 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 yes. that, that we want everything to happen right then and there but nobody has patience anymore it's, patience has became a relic nowadays with people yeah, yeah absolutely so you know with your story it, it shows it tells people hey uh ask god for patience and then yes. and then have patience while waiting for him to give you patience. Right, right. And allow God to help you to get to the root of something. We don't do things just because they don't come. I don't believe that, for example, if somebody says, you know, um, I want to be, a, a, um, you know, an engineer there that, that God puts those things in us because everybody doesn't want and can't be an engineer. We all have our own different ideas and thought processes. And so if God puts something in you, um, you want to get to the root of it, whether it's good or bad. You see what I'm saying? So I want uh, people to know that, especially from a physical point of view, um, if you don't like something, I don't see anything wrong with that. But before you go and rush to change that thing and get instant gratification, you need to figure out why. Because, um, and, and, and guess what? If you still want to do it, you know, for aesthetic purposes, I really don't have a problem with that. But you need to know why. Um, Johnny, I was 316 pounds at my heaviest and I was 110 pounds at my lowest and people talked about me regardless. You, you see what I'm saying? And even now, um, I've gained, you know, I'm at a healthy weight to me, not according to medical standards, but I'm up to 200 pounds, which is to me healthy. I, you know, I, I eat good. I take care of my body and things of that nature. Um, and I still have insecurities, maybe not as bad as it used to be, not because I'm smaller, but there's still concerns. People people said I was too big. I was too small. Now I'm gaining weight. Oh, you're getting fat again. You see what I'm saying? So 
you have to know who you are and know that God, you're made in God's perfect image. I know people don't want to hear that, but we are. You know, we're not all supposed to look the same. We're not all going to look like a supermodel. We're not going to all, you know, all the men are not going to have six packs, you know, and, and baby oil um, flowing down their chest. It's just, it's yeah. not going to happen, you know, but you got to be okay with you. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we're coming close to the end of the show. Um, I want to thank you so much for being on here and sharing that testimony. No and what, is, what is the link uh, to your podcast so I can let everybody know? So you can check me out on all the streaming services, Apple, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, and the podcast is Unpacked, like a box, Unpacked Energy. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, and my, I tell people my messages are, uh, my, my DMs, my messages are always open. I love to talk. Um, if you just need to talk and want to reach out to somebody, I always make myself available. So feel free to hit me up. Well, thank you, Tiana. And um, I want to thank everybody that 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 are that is our listeners that are, you know you are the sauce that keeps the taco uh, supreme. <laughs> so, um, I just want to thank our guests today, uh, Brian and Tiana, for sharing their testimonies on this Taco Tuesday testimonials first live broadcast. Right. So. This is a monumental thing for for the Johnny Taco Show. I just want to thank thank you all for for being on the show. Um, it is always a pleasure to to learn what God does and what God moves in everybody's life. Um, I want to pray us out before we go. All right. All right, Lord. Thank you for this awesome show. Uh, for me meeting Tiana and learning about her testimony and how you moved in her life. Uh, thank you. Uh, please, Lord, bless her as she uh, goes into the holiday weekend, that she is safe and not as hot. <laughs> and that, that is a cool front down there in uh, Georgia uh, this 4th of July. Uh, Lord, please uh, bless her family uh, and keep them on the, on, on the path that you have for them. Lord, I just wanted to reach out and for you to teach uh to teach our listeners that patience and taking your time and doing it right is more than just the the click and instant 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 things that that the world is made abundantly clear that they want to rush everything but they don't want you to rest in you lord they don't want you they don't want us to relax and and listen to you and take the time to understand you lord so lord um just bless bless this podcast and and bless uh tiana's podcast as well uh, as we go into a new a new order a new way to reach out more people to come to your flock in your name amen all right guys Thank you for being on the show today on our first live episode. I am Johnny Tacos, and I am out sometimes. Maybe.
has landed. This is the Johnny Tuckle Podcast.